The administrator of the Advent Message Ministry is Brett Winfield. He is a preacher who loves to share God's Word. The ministry YouTube channel has over a million views and over 10,000 subscribers. The Facebook part of the ministry is reaching over 30,000 people. In addition, the Advent Message is on Instagram and WhatsApp. And now, here is Brent Winfield. Today we're going to draw back the curtain of the here and now and allow the Bible to paint a picture of the future. We're going to use inspiration as our guide. We will let the Word of God reveal to us what will finally happen to every soul who has ever lived on the earth. My name is Brent Winfield, and I'm a Seventh-day Adventist Christian, and this is the Advent message. You know, many people believe that the world is destined to become better and better, and that Christianity will finally lead into a grand millennial reign of peace on earth. Oh, friend, I wish this were true, but the Bible reveals an exactly opposite condition. Jesus thought that the world would become more and more godless until it would be in a similar state as the age of Noah. The Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Luke 17, 26. How was it in those days, you ask? Well, Genesis 6-5 tells us of the antediluvian that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually, end quote. Further evidence may be found in 2 Timothy 3, 1-5, where the prevailing sins of the last days are graphically described. Among those terrible transgressions, we find this one, quote, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, end quote. Oh, this alerts us to the fact that conversion will be few, and true godliness, much known by its absence. The picture of a temporal millennium is only a dream. Today we shall seek for the facts concerning this thousand years of peace. Actually, the word millennium is not found in the Bible at all. The word comes from two Latin words which mean a thousand years. This period of time is referred to mainly in the 20th chapter of Revelation. We must establish two points in order to proceed on a full study of this doctrine. When will the millennium begin and when will it end? Notice this text in Revelation 26. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. And they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. End quote. This tells us that only the good people come up in the first resurrection. And they begin their reign with Christ at that time for a thousand years. So, the millennium begins with the resurrection of the righteous. But the question you ask is, 
when do the wicked come up? Now let's read Revelation 25. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. End quote. Here, friend, the rest of the dead or the wicked are said to remain in their graves till the close of the thousand years. Then they will come forth in the second resurrection. Now, see how plain this is. So far we have seen that the millennium is a thousand year period which begins with the resurrection of the just or the righteous and then closes with the resurrection of the wicked. Okay, now let us ask, when will the first resurrection take place which introduces the millennium? Answer, at the second coming of Christ. The Bible says, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 4.16. For the Lord himself shall descend with a shout from the voice of the archangel, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. End quote. This event then marks the beginning of the thousand years. The righteous dead come out of their graves with glorious immortal bodies to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Now let's read Revelation, sorry, let's read 1 Thessalonians 4.17. Quote, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. End quote. The living righteous are also united with the resurrected ones. And they decide the ascent to join the blessed Lord and Savior at His coming. Now bear in mind, this is the occasion for the change from mortality to immortality. 1 Corinthians 15 says, Behold, I show you a mystery. You shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. End quote. And where do all these changed and translated saints go with Christ? Well, in John 14, 2, Jesus said, quote, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also." End quote. That redeemed host will go up to heaven, the paradise of God, to reign with him for a thousand years. See Revelation 24. When Jesus appears in his glory, there will be four groups to, to be dealt with. One, the righteous living, two, the righteous dead, three, the wicked living, and four, the wicked dead. We have seen what will happen to both groups of the righteous. Now, let us consider the wicked at Christ's coming. These wicked ones who are in their graves at that time will remain there until the end of the thousand years. Listen to this. But the rest of the dead live not again 
till the thousand years were finished. End quote. Revelation 25. But you ask, what of the living wicked? What happens to them? They shall be destroyed by the brightness of his coming. See 2 Thessalonians 2.8 They will pray for the rocks and the mountains to fall on them, to hide them from the presence of Jesus Christ when he comes. You see, friend, sin cannot exist in the Lord's presence. Therefore, sinners will be struck down when he appears. The prophet Jeremiah says of this time, quote, And the slain of the Lord shall be at that day from one end of the earth, even unto the other end. Quote, end quote. Jeremiah 25, 33. Then he says, They shall not be lamented, neither gathered nor buried. Friend, why will they not be lamented or buried? For the simple reason, here's the reason, that there is no one left upon the face of the earth. The righteous are all in heaven with Jesus Christ, and the wicked dead remain in their graves. And the wicked who were slain when Christ come must lie where they fell. The earth has been emptied of all its inhabitants at that time. Now we shall now consider the condition of the earth during the millennium. The entire earth will be turned into a no man's land. There will not, there will not be a single living human being left. And the desolation is indescribable. Listen to Jeremiah's picture of it. I quote, I beheld the earth, and lo, it was without form and void, and the heaven, and they had no light. I beheld the mountains, and lo, they trembled, and all the hills moved lightly. I beheld, and there was no man, and all the birds of the heavens were fled. I beheld, and lo, the fruitful place was a wilderness, and all the cities thereof were broken down at the presence of the Lord and by his fierce anger. End quote. See Jeremiah 4, 23-26. At the coming of Jesus, there was a great earthquake which caused cities to crumble. At the presence of the Lord, Jeremiah says, man's strongest institutions will be turned into rubble and ruin. There are people who honestly think that the unsaved individuals will have a, an opportunity to accept salvation during this 1,000 year period. Mm -mm -mm. Sorry. It will be impossible for anyone to accept the gospel during this 1,000 year period of the millennium. He said, Uncle Brent, how do I know this? Well, let's look at the Revelation 25, quote, The rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. End quote. So instead of the unsaved being alive and hearing the gospel during this 1,000 years, they are all dead. They will not have any chance whatsoever to hear the gospel and be saved during this millennial period. That's clear. Okay, now let's consider 
where the great adversary, Satan, will spend this millennial period. Let's read it from Revelation 20, verses 1 to 3. Quote, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. The devil, friend, will be bound and will be confined during the thousand years in a place called the bottomless pit. So Uncle Brent, where is this bottomless pit? What is the bottomless pit? That word bottomless pit comes from the Greek word abyssos or abyss. Abyss. It's found in Genesis 1-2 to describe the earth in its chaotic state before it was molded by the word of God. Quote, here it is. The earth was without form and void and darkness was, was upon the face of the deep. End quote. So here, the same word is used to describe the desolate earth as used for the bottomless pit in Revelation. And since the earth is indeed left in a state of chaos during the millennium, <clears throat> we can only conclude this earth will be the prison house of Satan for a thousand years. Satan is bound by a chain of circumstances because there is not a soul on earth for him to deceive or entice. But what will happen at the close of the millennium? Now, let us notice carefully some of the events which will mark the end of the thousand years. Let's read Revelation 21, verse 12. Quote, And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. End quote. So you see, the New Jerusalem descends from heaven with all the righteous people who have been reigning with Christ for the last thousand years. Prophet Zechariah describes that event and how the feet of Jesus will touch the earth. Quote, And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof, toward the east and toward the west and they shall be a very great valley and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north and half of it toward the south and the Lord my God shall come and all the saints with him end quote see Zechariah 14 4 and 5 you see, in the second coming, Jesus does not touch the earth at all. But the saints are caught up to meet him. But now, when the city descends to his feet to touch the earth, all the saints with Christ 
this time he does not come for his people but his people will will be with him another great event which marks the close of the millennium is the resurrection of the wicked listen to this but the rest of the dead lived not again till the thousand years were finished end quote revelation 25 the raising of the wicked that also explained in revelation 27 and it says and when the thousand years are expired satan shall be loosed out of his prison end quote you see satan now has people in whose lives he can operate and he begins to work feverishly to mobilize all those countless wicked ones who had been resurrected and then verse 8 tells us he shall go out to Gog and Magog to gather them together to battle the number of whom is as the sand of the sea what a terrible scene this must be all the sinners of all ages being recruited by the evil genius of Satan for the final great battle in the controversy with God. But where is the battle to be fought? And against whom? Well, let's read it in the Bible. And they went upon the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. End quote. Revelation 29. So here we find the object of their wrath that new Jerusalem which John saw coming down and in which the saints of God are to be found. So what is the result of this last attempt by Satan to overthrow the rule of God? Quote, And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Revelation 29 Friends, the devil had entered the last battle of his war against God. The evil hosts were overwhelmed by a flood of fire which devoured them. And this true story ends, but not quite. For the fire which devours the wicked also purges and purifies the earth. The very curse of sin will be burned out, leaving an atmosphere clean of every trace of evil. Second Peter 3.12 says, Looking for and hasting unto the coming of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. End quote. O oh, friend, God will then create a new earth which will rival the Garden of Eden for beauty and perfection. Quote, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. End quote. See Revelation 21, verse 1. The saints of God will inherit this recreated earth as a home throughout eternity. The holy city will be its capital, and at that time the meek shall inherit the earth. Matthew 5 5. But friends, here's something for you to think about. This is a solemn thought. When the fire comes down, 
We must either be inside the city with God or outside the city with Satan, right? Every soul who has ever lived will be in one group or the other. My question to you is, which group will you be in? Oh friend, my prayer is that you will choose to be in the group with God and His Son Jesus Christ in heaven above. Let us pray. Father, you have laid out in exquisite detail in your word how we will be saved in your kingdom. You have shown us what will happen during the 1,000 years. When Christ returns, the second time he will take his children home with him. And then the Bible shows us what will happen to the wicked dead. And also, what will happen when we do return in the holy city, Jerusalem. The Bible says as a bride adorned for her husband. We thank you for this explanation. We thank you for the word of God. And we thank you for Jesus Christ, the sinner's friend, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, friend, thank you very much for joining me today. And by God's grace, we'll see each other tomorrow. And always, always remember, God loves you. Yes, he really, really does love you. Hello, friend. This is Brent Winfield, and I do hope that you're being blessed and inspired by these Advent messages. If you're impressed to assist this ministry, then you may prayerfully do so with a financial donation. PayPal.com is the easiest way to make a donation of any amount. Visit our website today, and then right on the front page, you'll see the gold PayPal donation button. So please go ahead, visit Advent Message dot com. Thank you for your kind support of this ministry and may God richly bless and keep you. Thank you.